Welcome to Gateway Community Church, Webster, Texas. We're so glad you found us, and we hope this message helps you discover more about God and His unique plan for your life. Man, you know, being in both services, you get the pleasure of hearing the music both services, and that song that Tiffany just sang, oh, yeah, you know. You know, Lord, help me lay it down. You know, that probably speaks differently to all of us, but for I'm just sitting over there. Lord, help me lay it down this year. Christmas has come. New Year's is coming. And it's, uh, we're in a, a moment of time that I find very interesting, and I kind of enjoy in between Christmas and New Year. It's kind of like a timeout in life. I know many of you go back to work, and I get a break right here, and there's all this stuff in 2016 that has to get done, but I just kind of try not to think about it over these next few days, and just enjoy this moment of time, and part of this moment of time is many of us make um, declarations of change. Now, we do this all the time. 365 days a year. But if we do it around this time of the year, what do we call it? New Year's resolutions, right? Now, don't worry. I'm not going to do a talk on New Year's resolutions. I'm not going to do that. However, being Robert, I thought to myself, I wonder if I Googled 2015 New Year's resolutions, what would the top 10? I'm an old David Letterman guy. I love him when he was on the air, and he always had top 10. So I thought, I wonder what the top 10 is for 2015. And guess what? Mr. Google did not disappoint. This would have been what people were thinking last year at this time, as they were moving into 2015. Uh, New Year's resolutions. Number 10, they want to read more. It's good. Number nine, they want to travel more. Number eight, they want to learn something new or a new hobby. And this, I find this one, number seven, to be very interesting. We'll not make any resolutions. Now, if you're making a resolution not to make a resolution, aren't you making a resolution? I'm just saying. Number six is get organized. Who doesn't want to do that, right? Number five, spend more time with family and friends. Everybody say, ah. Isn't that nice? That's kind of a nice one. Number four, spend less, save more. We all say that after Christmas. Number three, enjoy life to the fullest. Number two, lose weight. And number one is stay fit and healthy. Not get fit, but stay fit and healthy. I'm not sure I could stay fit if I'm not fit. Okay, so that was last year, right? So then I started thinking, as only Robert would think, I wonder what the top 10 most common broken of all time New Year's resolutions. Now, here's the deal. How do you do that? How do you come up with these lists? I decided I think they just make it up. They just make them up, throw it on there, and they know somebody like me will Google it and tell a bunch of people, and then they'll tell a bunch of people, and pretty soon it'll become the truth, right? Okay, here's number 10, most common broken New Year's resolution. Number 10, drink less. Number nine, which just pierces the heart of all us church people, volunteer. They broke that one. None of us do that, right? Nah. Number eight, be less stress. Commonly broken New Year's resolution. 
Number seven, travel to new places. Don't we all want to go to new places in the year? And goes, oh, yeah, we wanted to do that. Oh, well. Number six, and this is a sad one. This is most commonly broken New Year's. Spend more time with family. That's not a, a good one there. Number five, get out of debt and save money. Eat healthier and diet. Number three, learn something new. Number two, quit smoking. And number one, most commonly broken New Year's resolution, lose weight, get fit. Well, it makes sense, right? But both of them talked about being fit, right? And for those that that's your goal for this year, I got scripture for you. 1 Timothy 4.8, physical training is good. Put that in your refrigerator. That is your mantra if that's what you want to do. However, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. What a great reminder at this moment of time, our priorities as a Christ follower. Hey, being fit, physically fit, that's a good thing, but most important is to grow, is to move forward. You saw the sign said, welcome to our journey. We believe our Christian life is a journey. It's a journey with God and it's a journey with others. And the priority we need to, as Christ followers, is to always be moving forward in our journey, in our spiritual journey. We all, we all want something different next year, probably, in some aspects of our life. But we all know the reality of life. There's come a, there'll come a moment of time where we'll flip the calendar, and it'll say January, and we start up life again. Right now, we're kind of in between. At least I am. I think many of you are. But there'll come a moment in time where life will take off again. And life, full of uh, victories, good things, full of not-so-good things, frustrations, uh, hard parts, confusing parts, and can I just say the word busy, will ramp up again. And it will, we, we would want to walk along in life, but life has nothing to do with that. Life wants to run us over and knock us down and just get us moving 100 miles an hour to the point where many of the things that we decided, this year's going to be different. This year I'm going to, eventually life just sucks it out of us. And we lay those things, we, not down to God, but we just lay them to the side because life has just picked us up and moved us. I don't know about you, but I find moments of time in my own life that that happens. In fact, to the point where there's moments in my life that I wake up at 1.30-ish in the morning, and I roll over and I go, oh, it's 1.30. And before I can go back to sleep, my mind clicks on. And all of life just floods it in, just floods into my life. And I'm sitting there thinking, this, this, that, this, that, this. And I roll over, oh, it's 2.30. Okay, that's fine. I'll go to sleep, I'll go to sleep. This, this, that, this, this, that, this, those. Four o'clock? You've got to be kidding me. I don't know about you, 
But that's happened. And I have to think this. I have to think God looks down at Robert at those moments of times and says, son, seriously, this is not how I created you. This is not the life I desire for you. And I look up at God and said, seriously, I don't want this life either. And we know that we're created for something different. We know that. It's kind of in here. Even if you're not a Christ follower, say you're just exploring, you know there's something inside, something. Not right. Just, you just know there's something more, something else. And you as Christ followers, you know this isn't the way it's supposed to be. A couple of years back, well, every year our staff does a devotional together. And a couple of years back, we did a devotional called Jesus Calling. And there's a phrase in there when it was read, every Monday we get together and Randy reads a, that Monday's uh, devotion. We talk about it and we pray. Well, one of the Mondays, Randy read a devotion and this line jumped off and it, it continues to rattle around in my mind and especially today. This line from the person Jesus Calling. We are designed by God to live in close communion with him and that we are to stay in touch with him even during our busiest moments. We are designed, that resonates, right? We're designed, we're created, that makes sense. We're designed even within the busiest, chaotic, craziest moments in our life to be in close connection with God. Let's pray. No, you thought I was over. I'm not over. It's, it's, it sounds right, though, right? I say that, and you say, yeah, that's right, Robert. Yeah, we're designed. But then you're going to walk out those doors, and first of all, you're going to be confronted with weather. And then for you that have to go to work later today, you'll be kind of, and the life just ramps up, right? So the question I always have, I grew up in church, and I was told a lot of great things about God. And as I was growing up, and even as an adult, I'll say, how? How does this work? I understand what it says. I believe it to be true, but how does it work? So the question I have here is, if that's how we're designed, we're designed, even in the busiest moments of our life, to be connected to our creator, how does that happen? How do I live a life like that? I have a verse for you today. A verse that resonates with me, a verse that sometimes I pick up and hold high and I say, whoa, I need this verse today. And other times it just sits there as a comfort. And my hope is as we work through this verse and as I share some things to you, that God will connect to you as never before. My hope is that the words that I wrote down are no longer mine, they belong to God and they're going to come out to you. My hope is that for some of you, you're going to need to hear certain words today. I needed to hear over there, lay it down. Those are God's words to me today. I'm going to go and think on those. Hopefully, some of you, if not all of you, you're going to go away with a word from God, a phrase, something that I will just say, but God's going to transform it into you. Before I read the verse, let me pray. Heavenly Father, we invite you. We know you're here, 
We know you're amongst us. We know you are in this place. But we want to invite you to speak into our hearts and mine too as we work through your word. May you just speak to us as never before. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Psalms 118.24. Here's the verse. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This passage reminds us that today, that yesterday, tomorrow, God made these days. Do you believe that? This is the day that God has made. But it doesn't stop there, right? It says, let us rejoice and be glad in it. I like this verse because to me, this verse is kind of like my personal, maybe yours to be, personal emergency break in life. When life gets going too fast, running you over, tossing you all over the place, this is your emergency break. It could be your anchor. You throw out, you know, ah, help me, slow me down. You throw it out. This verse, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Right now, people, this day, right now, this moment, you are in a day that God created. You are his creation living within a day he created. Man, that's just, if you could just think on that for a little while, blow your mind about a day. That it just wasn't something that you wound up and then just rolled out and kind of stood back and watched. This is something he's heavily involved in. I don't understand why all these things happen and why he allows it. I don't understand that, but this is what I do understand. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Now let me, two things about this scripture. First of all, this joy this rejoicing and this gladness isn't something we manufacture. Isn't something you wake up and go, okay, I'm happy, woo! The rejoicing and the gladness comes from our connection with God. Not the day itself, but from our connection with God. As we are connected with God, let me read this verse. Psalm 16, 11, talking God. You will teach me to live a holy life. Being with you will fill me with joy. At the right hand, I will find pleasure. Being with you, being connected to you, will fill me with joy or rejoice and gladness. Well, there'll be moments where you will have a sensation, a feeling of joy, and a feeling of gladness. There's always a sense of rejoicing and gladness when we're connected with God. Um, when people get baptized here, you see it on the screen or you've watched it. There's a moment of time when they come out of that water and you nine times out of ten, if not ten times, you see a smile, right? Because they know they're doing God's will. Most of us, some of us have gone through life going, God, what's your will for my life? What do you want me to be about? Well, here's a moment in time when you're baptized, you know you're exactly doing what God's asked you to do. He said, 
Be baptized. So you do it, so when you come out of the water, you know, you are so connected with God because you're doing exactly, you know you're in God's will at that moment in time, and it brings joy and happiness into your life. And then the second thing, to our joy and, and rejoicing is something that we get from being connected with God. And the second thing, I'm not sure the psalmist was telling us to be happy about the day, rejoice about the actual day, because seriously, are all your days full of, are all your days full of joy and happiness? Mine aren't. Some of my days, like Jessica shared, were hard. So I'm not, I'm not sure he's telling us to be rejoicing and glad in the day itself, but he's telling us to rejoice in the glad of the person who created the day. Because if he created a day and he created you, there must be a purpose to it. That life isn't just simply born, educate, job, retire, die. You laugh. Because <laughs> there are moments of time we all think that, right? Seriously, is this all there is? So we are to rejoice and be glad, not necessarily in the day, even though there'll be days where you'll do that because they're just amazing days. We're to rejoice and be glad in the creator of the day because we know if he created the day, there's got to be something unique about the day, something special. And our job is to find it because he's not hiding it, but we get so busy in life and so distracted that we don't see that. Because I believe the scripture tells us this to be true. Why our days change and one day, yesterday, is going to be different from today. It's going to be different to the next day. And this moment is no longer. Can't ever go back to that moment I just said. When this moment, it's gone. And that's always changing. But here's the best truth of them all. The creator of the day, your creator, he never changes. Now, if you're a person like me, I enjoy change. That's kind of a weird statement. Wait, if you enjoy change, how could you enjoy having a God that never changes? Because I need a God who is my anchor, my fortress, my shield that I can always count on to be who he says he is. I don't want to run to a God that I have to go to and go, is he going to love me today? Is he going to be my fortress today? Is he in a good mood? Is he in a bad mood? I want to be able to run to a God, to jump into a God's arms when I'm hurting that I know who he is, and he says to me that I will love you, and I will hold you. Not a God that I jump in the arm and I go, oh, I hope, but a God that I jump in the arm and go, I know, this is where I need to be, because I know who you are, God. And this morning, I just want, out of many, I just want to tell you three things that's true about God, that's always true, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, that we can all, at moments of time, rejoice and be glad. And my hope, is that maybe one, two, or maybe all three of these things God will use and speak into your heart. And maybe you do need to do what I do, and you need to lay something down. Or maybe you need to grab a hold of some truth and connect with God as never before. First truth of God, God is faithful. Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know therefore that God is your God, our God, Know, therefore, that the Lord your God is God. He is faith, 
He is the faithful God, keeping his, command, his covenants. You know, I'm going to, okay, my New Year resolution is to read clearly. All right, let's try. Okay, that's a great verse. Let's move on. No, okay. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. Did you catch how many generations? That's just a number they threw in there, but that's a lot, a thousand. It's not like when he hits a thousand, a thousand one, I'm done. No longer faithful, I've done a thousand generations. That's just a ex- huge number to make us think he's always faithful. Generation after generation after generation. After I am long gone and I'm in the presence of the God that I love, he'll still be faithful to all those generations by my grandson and granddaughter. He'll be faithful to them. That's just, that's just amazing stuff if you think about it. Psalms 105, for the Lord is good and love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Faithful means trustworthy, loyal, reliable, dependable, somebody we can count on. And here's the deal. God's faithfulness is not something he does. It's not something he wakes up every day. Wait, God doesn't sleep. It's not something that he thinks, says, okay, I'm going to be faithful today. Today I'm going to do something different. I'm going to be God faithful. It's who he is. He cannot not be faithful. Because God is faithful. It's just who he is. And that is amazing. We can decide to be faithful or not, huh? We can, we can make that decision. And somehow we, we, in our thoughts, we begin to cloud the idea that well, maybe God can do that too. No. Remember, he's the creator. We're, the, we're his creation. Why we can choose to be faithful or not, he is faithful. He's the standard of faithful. That's comforting. That's something you can say, I can rejoice and be glad in. And because he's faithful, God has never broken a promise. Come on, God, never. Never. He's never broken a promise. Somebody, well, let me read you a couple of verses here. I'm just going to read Psalms 18.30. In your thing, you have this right here, right? This little thing right here. And I know some of you pulled it out and looked at it and went, oh my goodness, we're going to be here all day. There is, he's got a bazillion verses in here. It's going to go on and on and on. I understand that. But here's the deal. I put them all in here because I want you to take this home. Don't pitch it in the thing. Take this home. Put it on your refrigerator somewhere. If you want to move forward in your journey, just take one verse every day over the next few days and just read your way through the verses. Use that. So take that home. All right. Psalms, where was I? Psalms uh, 1830. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord has stood the test. Somebody somewhere went through God's word and found out there are 3,573 promises in God's word. 3,573. Can I get a show of hands of who wants to figure that out and show me all 3,000, this this is 2016. No one? Oh, there you go. Okay, I'm going to hold you to it. Everybody look back there. Everybody look back there. We're all holding you to it. 3,000, how many did I say? 3,573. All right. I'm just going to share three with you. 
Maybe, I believe this to be true whenever Randy, Tom, Mike, whoever's up here, Susan, that maybe you need to hear one of these verses today. This is something you need to hear. And God's gonna use one of these verses. Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord's. Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Maybe you need to hear that today. Matthew 11, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am a gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your soul. I stop there. I know there's some, some people in here that needed to hear that. This isn't Robert, this is God's word. And he's using those words right now to speak. He's saying, hey, come. You're tired. You're worn out. I know. I watch. I'm there. Come. I'll give you rest. I love the, the phrase at the end. And you will find rest for your souls, for your soul, your inner being. Philippians 4.19 and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. <laughs> all? Wait, he'll meet all my needs? Yeah. That's a promise he, he won't break. When my family was young, and we were just a young pups with little kids, one of our biggest needs was financial. Most young families struggle financially. It's tough. You have kids, and even if both are working, you just struggle financially. And I remember thinking when I was young, thinking, seriously, is this how life's going to be, God? One paycheck to the next paycheck, never knowing if we're going to have to meet the bills. And as I've gotten older, I think he probably whispered, yeah, absolutely. You know why? Because you need to trust me. And I can tell you this. That there wasn't a bill that never got paid. And it wasn't like Karen and I were these holy people, you know, on our knees. Oh, Lord, we just lived our life how God called us to live, and he met all our needs. There were some <laughs> scary moments, but God was faithful. He met our needs. And you're sitting there thinking, well, you didn't meet all my bills. I'm just telling you the story of my example. And I remember thinking that how much... It's going to be just to get out of that lifestyle and be where we are today with our kids growing up. And now I reflect back, and I am so glad that God took Karen and I and our little family through that journey. Because I learned something about him and about us and how faithful he is to meet all our needs. Number two, and I think some of you need to hear this today, God is forgiving He's a forgiving God. Psalms 103. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins. Psalms 30, 134. As it turns out, forgiveness is your habit. I love that. Forgiveness is your habit. That's why you're worshiped. God's habit is to forgive. As much as God is faithful, God is forgiving. 
Some of you need to hear that today. You got stuff in your life that is just holding you down. And you need to hear God is forgiving. And that comes through his son, Jesus Christ. Man, this stuff you're doing was just heavy. And you think, man, I made some bad things. I did some bad stuff. God goes, I know. That's why we had Christmas. Why I sent my son. Why you celebrated just a few days ago. Had a wonderful time in here on Christmas Eve. God goes, I know. That's why he grew up to be a man. And that's why he went to the cross. Because I'm a forgiving God. You need to know this about me, he says to you. I forgive you. And I offer that through my son, Jesus Christ. And I'm just going to read the uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 13, 15 verse. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. He gives that forgiveness to you through his son, Jesus Christ. And he's forgiven you. You need to take that step of faith. There's a moment of time where you're on this side of faith and you're saying, what is this all about? And there's a moment of time I know in my own life that I came to grips and I thought, whoa, God loves me. He forgives me. I'm going to take that gift and I'm going to, as any gift, right, open it up. And I'm going to take that step of faith. I don't know how all that works, but I know through the truth of God's word that once I took that step of faith, I'm a new person in him. And God offers that to you today. If you need to hear that, God is forgiving. And his forgiveness is complete. It isn't like he says, well, I'll forgive this sin, but not that sin. All that sin, I'll, I'll forgive half of it. You'll have to deal with the other. It's, it's complete. The end of a verse on Psalms, or on 1 John 1, 7, says, cleanses us from every sin. You know that God's forgiven you, but you're having a hard time forgiving yourself. You need to let it go. Every decision, every choice you made will have a consequence. This is true. The sin in your life will have a consequence. There's nothing that speaks that you get away, step outside of the consequence of that sin. But God promises to be with you as you work through that. And your creator, the person that knows you, says, I forgive you. Forgive yourself. Let's move on. But for many of us, we anchor onto that sin and we just can't move on. And God's up there, seriously, I forgave you. And today you need to grab a hold and rejoice and be glad. I'm forgiven. I'm moving on. I'll face up to my consequences and I'm moving on because I believe in a God that's faithful. Last, God is our Father. And because of that, we are His children. If you've taken that step of faith somewhere in your journey, and you now call yourself a Christ follower or a Christian. You are a child. You are his child. You're a child of God. That's a phrase that gets thrown around. You need to slow it down. You are his child. 
I don't feel like much like a child at this point. I wake up going, oh, ow, you, I'm an old man of God. God's word says you're a child, you're his child. And because you're his child, you are highly valued by God. Do you believe that? Worked with youth for a million years. At least it seemed like a million years. One thing I always wanted the youth to know, that they were special in God's eyes. That they weren't just churned out in a human machine, but they were special and unique and valued in God's eyes. And some of you need to hear that. Psalms 119 talks about how God knitted you, put you, put you together. He created you for purpose. The first purpose is he created you to connect with him. That step of faith. The second purpose is to serve him because you love him for what he did. Some of you in this room, and take a little time out here, a little commercial if you please. Your purpose is in the spring, when we do the daring faith groups, your purpose is God is whispering to you, you need to host a group in your home. And you say, I don't want to do that. And he says, oh, yes, you will. No, I don't want to do My home's too small. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. You, you realize you can never win that argument with God, right? No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. You can't win that. And he'll whisper, you need to, I can't do that. I never do that. I never. God says, that's okay. I'm faithful. I've never broken a promise, and I'm not going to start this time. I want you to think about that purpose. So you're created for a purpose. God cares for you so much. He's concerned about everything that concerns us. First Peter, God gives all, give all your worries and cares to God or he cares about you. And then last but not least, being a child of God, he disciplines and directs us. Nobody likes to be disciplined, right? But God does it because he loves you, because he wants to direct you, and he wants you to experience life the way he created it to be. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I know the plans I have for you, 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 not this collective you, but you and you. He's saying that to each of us. So often we hear these verses and we think you, all of us, oh, warm fuzzy for everybody, stand up, big group hug. But seriously, he's saying this to you personally, for I know the plans I have for you. For this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. 11 o'clock service, Christmas Eve. Mike Lively was standing right here. And he quoted one of my favorite verses of the Christmas story. And it's after the shepherds have left, the angels have gone, and then the quietness of the moment of time. It tells us that Mary, and I have to assume, out, maybe holding baby Jesus, we don't know. 
But Mary treasured and pondered these things in her heart. And Mike encouraged us to treasure and ponder into the next year. And I'm going to encourage you to take this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And not make it a thing you put on a plaque that looks good on your desk. But something that you will treasure and ponder. You treasure this because you know who the God is that created your day. You know he's faithful, he's forgiving, and he's your father. And you rejoice and you're glad in it because you're connected to him. Be a people who ponder in 2016. And if you don't know what that word is, look it up. It's a great word. Let's make it 2000, the word of 2016, ponder. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your word is awesome. Sometimes we take it for granted because we have it, and it just sits on a shelf sometimes. But you know, God, when we pick that thing up, when we start reading it, it's, it's, it's amazing. May we be people who every day wake up and say to ourselves, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And then throughout the day, may we reflect on this truth. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. To learn more about us, visit www.gateway-community.org. Welcome to your journey.